<laughs> hey guys, welcome to another episode of Kill It With KB. Um, I think now more than ever, the world is being tested on so many levels and everyone is almost forced to start looking inwards and really hone in on what being mindful means in our day-to-day lives. I've always been interested in this concept um, and rather struggled with it greatly in the past. So I wanted to center this podcast talking with one of the most knowledgeable people regarding it, my personal life. So that being said, um, this episode is different than most. Um, I'll be interviewing one of my closest friends from college on mindfulness and meditation, Sunith. So Sunith has had quite the journey with meditation. Her background is sick, and I personally got introduced to the concept of Simran through her in about October of 2016. So that being said on my part, uh, Sunith, why don't you go ahead and like tell everyone about yourself? Hi! Well, I just want to say that I am so excited, honored to be on the podcast. So thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so um, my name is Sunit, as Chris said. I'm 25 years old and I currently live in Chicago and I met Krishma. Um, I think it was like our last couple years at Loyola, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I think it was definitely towards like the latter end. Yeah, and then we didn't actually get super close till after we graduated when you you got connected with Simran and all of that, and I started seeing you more. Yeah, um, yeah, oh my god, I didn't realize, I guess like now looking back, it's been such a long time, but it, it's kind of cool to see how like that relationship started. I know, um, now like closer than ever, so I can't even like imagine like not knowing you, it's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks for that brief, like, intro, but, um, so kind of just going off of that, um, how would you say you define or relate with being sick? Um, would you say it's integral to your life? And I guess, like, to what extent? So for me, I just feel really lucky to have grown up in the family that I did with deep cultural values. My parents, um, growing up in India and all of that, and then just being raised with the Sikh religion. So I would say uh, for me, being sick is just, I would consider it to be a lifelong student of the faith. The word sick literally means student of the faith. So it's really cool. Um, And then I would say being sick has been, has probably become more integral to my life in the last few years when I started becoming more immersed and taking an interest in learning more about the faith. So I would say definitely I grew up kind of with that introduction and it always being around me but I didn't really develop that connection with it until I would say like recent years in the last like five years cool yeah um that that's really cool um and I know it, it's just interesting for us because we grew up with you know parents who came from India and they're so deeply rooted with their cultural values so it's cool that you've been able to maintain that and just kind of going along that um I know like a lot of us who come from like these rich ethnic and cultural uh, backgrounds often kind of get conflicted between maintaining, prioritizing, and fully understanding those values that have been passed down to us um, because they were so integral in our parents' lives. But it's really cool that your parents kind of like helped instill that faith in you um, and you were able to carry that on. Um, and despite the fact that, you know, your upbringing was much different probably than theirs was. Um, yeah so can you kind of like talk about like your experiences I know you touched on it a little bit but your experiences growing up with Sikhism um, and if you kind of ever come across like any challenges um, or you know you've disagreed with anything um, that you were taught growing up 
Yeah, so I would say growing up, my experience with the faith was really heavily influenced by my own, by my parents' own values and just their own kind of expectations for me. So I would say a lot of the time it felt like a bit of an obligation. Like every Sunday I had to go to like the temple. I had to go to Sunday school. <laughs> I would say like it was something that was expected of me. So kind of it always felt, especially when you're a kid, you just want to run around and play. So anytime you have to be like disciplined and you have to do certain things for your parents, it's just something you kind of struggle with and resist, I would say, a lot of the time. So right. I never truly felt that I had my own personal connection with the faith until years later when I took an interest in learning about the my roots and just taking an interest in learning about what the faith would be to me so that I could have my own relationship with it. So I would say this really started to change for me in my college years when I was introduced to Simran, which is a form of meditation in the faith. And for the first time, and then I connected with a few mentors um, and teachers who were youth focused in our um, local like Sikh community. So I'd say that really made a difference for me. Wow, that's awesome. Um, Cool. So I, I know you just you kind of talked about this a little bit right now, and I briefly mentioned it um, about this idea and concept of Simran. Um, but we can just kind of talk a bit more about that. Uh, what does what does Simran fully mean in definitive terms, and how do you practice it? Like, what is the process you go through to practice Simran? Is there anything verbal involved? It, does this directly translate to meditation? Um, I guess like, what is your uh, processing of that? For sure. So for definitive terms, I got the following info from mysimran.info, which is a really good like resource and website um, for Simran if you're trying to get into it. Um, so they say that Simran is derived from the Sanskrit word sim- Simrana, which means the act of remembrance. So basically, um, it says that enlightened souls have always taught that by practicing Simran, which is that form of meditation, and remembering God, it leads to purified and leads to someone being purified and attaining salvation so in the faith that's pretty much what the purpose of it is and then the word simar means to die which is the act of like constant remembrance of god in order to kill your ego and then reunite and become one with like god himself so um basically one thing that's taught through like with doing Simran, basically the point of doing it is that without the ego, there's no difference between us and God. So ego really holds us back in life um, to be kind of to move forward in our spiritual journey, especially when it comes to Simran. Um, And recognizing that ego does hold you back is considered to be like the ultimate success that you could achieve. And then Simran is the process of getting us to that point. So um, the actual process of doing Simran is using um, a mantra, which is a repeated word that you chant, um, Waiguru. So, and it's that word is a reference to the creator and like almighty God. And by doing that, there's a focus on breath control where you pause in the middle and you hold your breath when you say the first part of the word and then you exhale when you say the second part. So if I say, why hold my breath and then Guru when I exhale. So that's basically the actual practice of doing it. Yeah. Okay. That's so profound. Um, especially with definitive terms that you just said. Um, I didn't even I, know I that. Look, look it up. I have, look it up. I was like, I want to make sure I'm, I'm saying like what it is. Actually. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome though. And then I guess just like for, for those listening who maybe aren't so familiar, um, 
what does that chant mean um is it referring to like a being or an entity or is it just kind of in relation to everything you just said in terms of getting that you can do that type of simran with any mantra so it can be of any faith and then whatever faith someone is from they can always say a different mantra so that's really not um it's it's can't be just like there's only one mantra but basically like the mantra for why guru in the sikh faith is guru is teacher and why i think it's like translating it exactly in english it's just like wonderful god like the almighty god like the almighty teacher so right. that's kind of what it references i think there's like a lot of ways you could define it um but that's basically it's just the word that's used that when god is talked about in our holy book the sir guru god subji um he's referred to as Y guru wow okay that's awesome thank you thank you for that like direct translation i guess um cool so i guess just like moving on um so earlier you mentioned that um you didn't start taking a personal interest in sikhism more until college so that being said was there kind of like a life changing point for you um that you know changed how you wanted to have a relationship with sikhism how you connected with simran or the practice um and i guess like kind of looking at that comparatively how would you say your relationship with both simran and sikhism now uh, relative to that life changing point if it exists so i would say my trigger point for where i actually made that change was when i started college so during that time of my life i would say i was kind of struggling because you're making that transition from being a teenager to having all these responsibilities and having to figure out what you basically want to do for the rest of your life <laughs> right <laughs> that pressure caused me to struggle a lot so just throughout i was introduced to simran the summer before i started college and with that it was always something that i would go back on the weekends once in a while and just go to our place of worship which is our temple the gurdwara and i would just like kind of join and then do it in like our group when they would have like set simran sessions to meditate but i would say i was kind of always like back and forth i was never really committed to it until um senior year when i had a pretty bad knee injury and i was on crutches for 2 months So during that time I was just extremely frustrated with a lot of downtime and I was just mad that I was missing out on like important events for my senior year. And mm-hmm. around that time I really started being a little bit more consistent with going and then talking to members of my community um in the Sikh community and then in just in the faith. And I just realized like everyone there was just such a strong support system for me during that time when I was feeling really down. So that just really stuck with me that after I did heal from my injury, I just made like a an effort to go like back every weekend to go do Simran and just like be able to go to the set Simran times that were happening. So I think that was really the time when it kind of shifted for me that I noticed like it was a way that I felt really grounded, I felt really supported when I was struggling with a lot of stuff. So I would say my relationship with Simran now, I just consider it to be a journey that I'm working to improve on. every day and i consider it to be kind of the foundation of my spiritual journey. Wow. That's amazing. Um and i think that this is just, you know, one piece of evidence among many of the power that community can have um on like anything. So it's really it's really cool that you had that to fall back on. You still have that to fall back on and it's like a really integral part of your life that helped with that. 
Um, cool. So, um, when you first like started, um, did you have like any obstacles um, when you were kind of really diving in to uh, you know practicing Simran, um, getting involved again, or was it very natural to come back to like that state of mind or that state of inner peace? I'd say. Yeah. So. In the beginning, it was extremely difficult for me because I'm one of those people that I have a really hard time sitting still. I have a really hard time. My thoughts are always racing. I'm always like obsessing over something. So in the beginning, it was the hardest thing in the world for me to even sit for like a half hour, to sit for like an hour. And to this day, that's definitely, it's never come naturally to me where like I was just easily able to connect and like reduce my thoughts and just sit there in a place where like I tried to just be calm I would say it definitely has been a struggle for me up until this this day in my life but I do notice like that the struggle of it is important too is that sitting down and actually just doing the meditation and taking that time out it I've seen so many positive things that have come out of that for me and just so many it's helped me with so much that I know that even if it is difficult for me and it's not something that comes naturally I know that it's still important for me to like make the effort to do it right and then you know like a little long a little bit goes a long way right um, definitely and it's about get better every day too like it's everyone thinks like it's really easy to get discouraged with something like that when you just you feel like you're not doing enough or you feel like you're in a place where it's just not you don't feel like that calmness that you want to feel from doing meditation <laughs> but sometimes you're sitting there and you have like a hundred thoughts like running through your head and it's just it's hard sometimes to be alone with your thoughts it's not like the easiest thing to really like face what's going on in your head especially when you're not distracted by like technology or anything else and you're just really taking the time out to just sit with yourself and figure out what's going on I think it's really it's really crazy yeah I mean it, it still blows my mind I remember the first time I went with went uh to Simran and I saw you I think there was, it was like a four-hour session and I'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the really intense ones <laughs> that was your first time so funny yeah I think I lasted I looked at the clock I'm like oh my god three minutes have passed by no but it's crazy time time just goes slow slowly when you're just sitting there you're like wow (laughs) (laughs) but great experience very thankful for it um so um just kind of piggybacking off of that um do you think that we have an issue with being mindful and I say this laughing because I know for a fact I have a really big issue of being mindful or present-minded. You know, my mind is constantly racing and so forth. And I act- actually have to, like, practice, you know, controlling my thoughts and really getting better at that focus. Um, but I guess, like, why do you think this is? And do you think that this affects, like, a certain age group or time period more? Like, do you think people have a bigger issue being mindful now like people our age so you know mid-20s early 30s um or you know and just it being like 2020 obviously there are things going on in the world right now but that being aside do you think um we have a bigger issue being mindful now than we than people did in the past 
Yeah, I definitely would say that because I would say humans today with the technological advancements that we have, our minds are always being stimulated by something. And whether that's like when you're at work on the computer and doing spreadsheets and doing what you need to do for work, and then even to take a break, we go on social media in our free time. So we never right. have the break to reset when it comes to screen time and technology. So I would think this really affects every age group. But I would say like the crazy thing is kids growing up today and the access that they have to technology, generations before me and even our generation, I would say, we never had that kind of access where it's just so easily, like you're always looking at something, you're always doing something. So I would say that access has been really helpful with like all the advancements that we've had. But I would say it's also, it becomes a problem when we're getting anxiety, being away from our phones and then feeding a type of addiction that I would say is really detrimental to our mental health. Right. Yeah. It, it's definitely a problem. And I'm almost kind of scared to see, you know, what happens later on. Technology is amazing. You know, we've progressed so much and it's done so much for society. But like you said, it definitely has some hindrances or obstacles that we'll, we're going to face. Then, you know, generations after us, we're going to face in the future. Yeah, yeah for sure. Cool. Um, so I guess just an overarching question is why do you think that meditation works? Why do you think that you know, Simran is so like successful basically at helping you, um, you know, align your thoughts, getting focused and basically controlling them? Um, how do you think that works? How do you think meditation works? And why is it that um, this is so powerful? It's something so simple, right? Like meditation. Yeah. Simran's been around for so long, but like why do you think it's so powerful I guess I would say in my experience it's really it's a really effective way to get rid of excess mental baggage and stress so I've just also just read that there's been so many studies showing that meditation can also change your brain so I recently watched this documentary on Netflix called heal I don't know if you've seen it but it's so good no but I'm adding it onto my list since there's so much to do now (laughs) really really good so basically in that documentary there's a part when they talk about meditation so i don't know if you've ever heard of dr joe dispenza he's like more of like a natural doctor he's like yeah i actually have yeah sounds very familiar i don't know too much about him though i actually had no idea i'd never heard of him until i watched this documentary and basically there's a part in the documentary where he did a study to measure the circulating cortisol levels and a chemical called immunoglobulin A, which he calls perfect. he had like a retreat where he put participants through like four and a half days of meditation um, and like, basically just training in it to check if there were any chemical changes that took place in their brain. And he found that a majority of people's cortisol levels dropped significantly and their IgA levels skyrocketed. And he said that IgA is like the primary defense against bacteria and viruses. So especially what's going on right now. Right. <laughs> it's just, you know, we all, it's just a really cool thing that you can do for your health. And just when you meditate, the documentary also taught me that your pituitary gland releases oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins, and like all the feel-good chemicals that you need to be happy. So I would say like, 
meditation in that way, it can help relieve levels of anxiety, depression, and just help your overall well-being on a psychological level. So I think it's really cool that you're able to make that connection where you quiet your mind and you slow your breathing and you're able to find a sort of peace in a way with like where you're at in life and just help your mental health in like such a substantial way. That's amazing. Um, I mean, I knew that I definitely knew there was like health benefits, but not to to that extent where it's, you know, really affecting like all the chemical balances within you. Yeah. That was something that really blew my mind in the documentary that when I heard that, I was like, whoa, I've never (laughs) had say that to me in the Yeah, that's amazing. Definitely going to go ahead and watch that in the next few days. You have. Awesome. You'd really like it. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, um, and I guess like one of the last questions I have is, what advice would you tell to eighteen-year-old Sunnis or any other eighteen-year-olds out there, um, basically pre-millennial, um, who you know might you know face some of like these issues growing up, might be facing more anxiety as you know, the world keeps progressing, and along with that comes you know technological advancements. Um, what would you yeah what what would you tell um to people like out there um about Simran about mindfulness and meditation and basically the importance of it so for me when I was 18 I was struggling with a lot as most teenagers are during that time when you're making that transition from being a kid and being a teenager to going to college so I was really having a hard time dealing with anxiety, depression, and just insecurities because I didn't know who I was at that point and I didn't know what I wanted yet. So that indecisiveness just felt really crippling to me. So I would tell myself at that age and just anyone who feels those things or who can relate that it's okay to feel like that and that things do get better. And like looking back now, I see struggles and just hard times in general as things that teach us so much about ourselves and that we always come out better on the other side. So I would say like self-acceptance when you're at that age is really key and just being patient with yourself to figure out what works for you to manage stress, whether that's working out, meditation, journaling, reading. And that for me, I would say my spiritual journey and just making that connection with the true core of who I am has literally changed my life and changed the person that I am to just have that foundation, to have that to like as a support when you're going through something is just it's what keeps me sane especially when it comes to the meditation and doing the Simran is that even though I'm still trying to figure out how to be consistent with it and be disciplined in the practice of it I know that it's like all about the journey and just trying to get better at it every day right so so that was just very powerful thank you again you know for, for sharing all your thoughts that was really profound and, you know, some of the advice you would tell the 18-year-old Sunnis or any other 18-year-olds pretty much could apply to 25-year-old Karishma right now. So I appreciate that. <laughs> it still applies to me to this day. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I know it's not easy to talk about this stuff sometimes. And I'm really grateful, you know, for all the insights I've gotten from you and this yeah. conversation. Oh, for sure. Along- so fun. So glad to be yeah. on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> And, you know, just kind of being introduced to this community by you in the first place. So for everyone that's listening, um, I hope this conversation or just some of these thoughts provoke some sort of reflection, insight, or, you know, just general knowledge and helps you move forward to really kill it this week. Um, thanks again, Sunis, for being on this podcast. Um, of course. <laughs> Thank that's you. It. 
Oh, of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's a wrap. Thank you guys for listening. And remember, we're always here to kill it with KB. We're- <laughs>